welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and we are here to talk about tips and strategies that you can employ to deepen your faith, improve your relationships, and just get the most out of your life. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. All right, so as you can tell, the focus of today's episode is on eternity and today. If you and I can keep regular focus on those two time periods, we will build productive, encouraging, excelling lives. What you may not know about this title and today's discussion is that it is derived from the Screwtape Letters. In 1942, C.S. Lewis wrote a book, a collection of 31 letters called The Screwtape Letters. It is a satirical work of fiction that represents the conversation between two demons whose goal is simple, to lead a man of God away from the faith. If you've never read the Screwtape Letters before, I recommend it. You have to understand it's a work of fiction. C.S. Lewis tries to hold the guideline of the direction and the efforts of the demons to what we know about the devil's work in the Bible, but sometimes he misses the mark. However, if you're interested in another way of looking at how the adversary seeks to capture you or to recapture you, I commend you to the Screwtape Letters. Easily the most impressive thing about that book is that it was written 77 years ago about a man's battle for faith during the Second World War, and it literally could have been written yesterday. It turns out the way the devil works never really changes. The efforts that he makes to try to stop us from growing in our relationship with God, well, it's been the same since the very beginning, and the weaknesses that men face, no matter which country they live in or in what decade, are similar. Now, there are lots of things we could say about that book, but there is one chapter right about in the middle that has stuck out to me even more than all the rest. It is a chapter that discusses two time periods that the devil enjoys. If he can keep your attention on two whens, not whom or what, but when, if he can keep you focused on the wrong times, and anxious about those things, enamored by them, paralyzed by them, he can keep us from excelling still more in our faith. You probably already know what those two time frames are. The first one is the past. It's okay to remember what happened before, your successes and your failures. But if we are constantly looking back at those things, evaluating and reevaluating looking at what we did right and then disappointed that we didn't keep doing it, looking at what we did wrong and just guilt-ridden by that, then it will keep us from looking forward. We will be constantly focused on disappointment or at least things we can't do anything about, and the devil wins. The Word of God is very clear on this topic. Think about the entire theme of the New Testament. What is it? Jesus forgives your sins. He doesn't let you go back and change what you did. 
You can't rewrite all of those episodes, and if there are consequences of that, they don't instantly go away. But what he can do is take your view off of it by forgiving you. Remember the adulterous woman, Jesus said what? Go and sin no more. The Apostle Paul had good things and lots of torrential things in his history. He said, I forget what lies behind. Successes and failures, I'm not stuck there. I am pressing forward, reaching forward to what lies ahead. So the devil loves the past. He wants us thinking about things that happened. He wants us thinking about things we cannot change. And we probably won't even remember it correctly. So it's oftentimes not even useful information. But the devil has a second focal point in which he takes interest. That is the carnal future. By carnal future, I'm talking about tomorrow and the day after that. And the economy going into the end of the year. And the election in 2020 and what it's going to mean. And some medical appointment you have set up for three months from now. And your kids and the kind of world they're going to grow up in. The devil wants you thinking about that all the time. He wants you thinking about things that you might be able to change, but probably not. He wants you discouraged by the fact that the future is unpredictable. He wants you to read Ecclesiastes and think, what's the use? There's no telling how things will work out. He wants you very anxious about that. I don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. That thing coming up next week may not work out. All of my efforts might come to naught. When we think about an unsecured and unpredictable future, we get anxious. We get negative and discouraged. In the book, the C.S. Lewis book, it had to do with the war, the Second World War and its effect on England and London in particular. The man does not know if they will win or lose. He doesn't know if he will live or die. The devil wants him thinking about it often, however. Now, we're not saying that you don't plan for the future. I will give you specifics on how we should handle that in the second half of this episode. But if your day, mentally, is filled with what was or what might be, you will certainly miss the providential indicators that God has in your life right now on who He wants you to be today. Jesus was incredibly clear on this in Matthew chapter 6. Specifically in addressing the future, he said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about your next meal or the next set of clothes you'll put on or where you will lay your head. You seek first the kingdom now. You prioritize what is right today and you let me handle the rest. That's the way our faith is supposed to be. He goes on to say at the end of Matthew chapter 6, So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Well, here's something encouraging about that last remark. When we get our focus on the right periods of time the right way, each day will have enough trouble of its own, but you will be able to handle that. You will be able to grow through that and maybe even use those challenges for exceptional growth and increased influence. But here's what you can't do. You can't take the last 10 years worth of days, each one had its own set of trouble, mound them up into this big ball of dark past and dwell in it. It just won't work. That's not the way God built you to operate. 
Similarly, you can't look forward. The next week or month or year, the next decade, all of the things you expect might happen, all of the things you believe will happen, all of the variables, and mound it all up and stare at it and have any peace. You just can't do it because God didn't build you to operate that way. So in C.S. Lewis's book, The Screwtape Letters, this demon is talking to another demon, and he's saying, that's where we want the man's attention to be. Whatever happens, we need to keep his attention away from two specific sections of time. What he's saying is, if the man starts thinking about these times, our influence will be lost. Again, that's a work of fiction, but that point is very well made. Let me explain. Here are the two spans of time that all Christians should be dwelling on. Number one, eternity. We should spend a great deal of time thinking about eternal life, the return of Jesus, the rallying up with all of the saints who have gone, the courts of heaven, the throne room from Revelation 4 and 5, what it will be like to live an endless day, not at all governed by time or the limitations of the human body, purely in a place of absolute righteousness. We should be thinking about what that's going to be like and how badly we want to see it all the time, every day. We should sing about it every time we assemble. Pray about it every day of your life. Now, you might say, how is that different from dwelling on the future? That's just a extended future out to its furthest lengths. Oh, the difference is immense. Your carnal future has no guarantees. Your carnal future, that is the years you have left on this earth, will be affected by sin and the limitations of the carnal world. Dwelling on that, putting your hope there, or trying to control it is a recipe for stress. But heaven is none of those things. It's an absolute guarantee. Prophecy and miracles and the word of God have proven its assurance. There will be no sin there, no risk of losing it, no risk of it disappointing. The Bible extensively tells us to focus on eternity. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, at the end of that chapter, when it talks about even extreme things like persecutions Christians were facing, the Apostle Paul writes, For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. He goes on to talk about that great home that's coming and how much time we should spend there. In the last couple of minutes of this episode, I want to remind you about the value of daily journaling and what it means to focus on eternity every day in your prayer life, praying with your pencil if you're able to do so. But no matter how you do it, through journaling, through prayer, through daily Bible reading, or playing songs in your car, think about eternity. And that brings us to the second time period. And that, of course, is today. We must learn to live in day-tight increments. Not yesterday. I learned from it, but it's gone. All the guilt is gone. Not tomorrow, for a bunch of reasons. I don't know if tomorrow will get here or what it will hold. 
but it may cause me to overlook the opportunities right in front of me right now. I need to focus on today. The point that was made in the novel and also in the Word is if a Christian is focused on eternity and today, today and eternity, with only short occasional glances into the future or the past, he will always do well. I mean, think about it. You get out of bed this morning and you decide, I will make the most of this day. I will plan out a daily spiritual highlight, at least one. I will eat some frog so it doesn't mound up into a whole tub of frogs later. I will think about things that matter. I will pray about God's provision, how grateful I am. I will think on heaven today, and I will plan for it. And you do that today. That will be a good day. That will be a day of growth. Tomorrow, you do the same thing. I mean, think about it. If you're worried about next week, next month, next year, if you get there, guess what it's called when you get there? Today. It becomes today when you get out of bed and you're there. So if between now and then, you plan things that have to be done, you put them on the calendar, more on that in a minute, but you stay focused on one spiritual highlight today, one relationship affected, one hour of Bible read and prayer or journaling or whatever it might be, and just get it going, you will see a beautiful future if God gives it, because you will literally be making it so one day at a time. Now, you might be thinking, Chris, this can't be done. I mean, this week alone, we've got dentist appointments and doctor's results and school things we're preparing for as the summer ends and a gospel meeting at church next week. Chris, we've got stuff planned out. I have to look forward to those things. Well, I understand that. You don't want those things to sneak up on you because they would make for very stressful days when you got there, and there they were. But let me share with you something that I've been doing. As you know, we have a journal, the Excel Still More three-month journal, and you can order that if you'd like at excelstillmore.life, and we'll get it out to you. But you could journal in any capacity that you want or use a daily planner or a calendar or a notebook. It doesn't matter, but here's what I do. When the week starts, if I know there are important things coming up, I will turn forward in the booklet to that day, say Thursday, and I'll write it down on the schedule, today's schedule. Hey, Thursday, you've got a dentist appointment. Friday, you have a a very important meeting with someone to try to reconcile over something. I mean, those are big, heavy things. I want to pray about those things. I make sure I write them down. I don't want them sneaking up on me. But as soon as I'm done writing them down, I turn all the way back to today and I journal for the day. You see, I don't want to be irresponsible about the carnal future. I just don't want to sit and stare at it all day long. I don't want to miss out on today's plans because I've got that thing coming up on Friday and I'm nervous about it. I do want to know it's there and mark it and pray about it today, but I've got a lot of work to do today. So I go back in my journal to the entry that represents this day, and I go through the process I ask God beautiful questions, big questions about what He needs from me now. Why have you been patient, Lord, and allowed me to live this day? I open up the Bible read and make notes on that in the journal. I schedule out a few big events for the day and make sure they don't get too cluttered. You guys remember the episode, Stress-Free Chess? We're not going to try to do everything today. And by the way, that's what we're talking about. You say, well... I don't want to worry about all the stuff I have going on this week. 
So I'm just going to pile it all in and do it all today. That is not the way this works. You want every day to be productive. You want every day to be hopeful. Trying to counteract worries of the week by piling it all in today's calendar is not going to pay off. So I schedule just a few things I want to get done. Write down that one frog I want to eat. Lay out a daily highlight, somebody that I want to encourage or visit or something I want to do. I talk to God about things I'm grateful for. All of this is laid out in the journal. Every day, level three gratitude, what I'm grateful for, what God has done, and what I will do about it. And then I write down some affirmations about who I am and how I will approach the day, always connecting that to the power of Jesus. And guess what I do tomorrow? Well, it's today then, isn't it? I approach it the same way so that every day has appropriate prayer, gratitude, planning, and purpose with absolute thought of eternity, building it one step at a time. When you get to that day that has the big appointment in it or the big meeting in it, you will handle that day beautifully. You knew it was coming. You've been praying about it, but you haven't been worried about it because you've been too busy doing what Jesus said, taking the time he has given you and handling it valiantly from sunup to sundown. I sure hope you will think about this this week. Just do a bit of self-evaluation. When you get time to meditate and think and plan, how much time do you spend looking backwards and how much time do you spend thinking forward in comparison to time spent planning and executing a beautiful day and walking towards and thinking of heaven. Listen, you don't see a lot of last month or next week in the New Testament, but you see a whole lot of two words. Two words I commend to you, eternity and today. Thank you so much for listening today. We encourage you to check out the website, excelstillmore.life, where you can subscribe to emails, order the three-month journal, or check out past episodes. As always, please consider sharing this with people in your life who you think we can help. And whatever you do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.